Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. You can catch me here every Thursday, or you can see me live every Thursday on Insta at Let's Cut Class, or you can say what's up to me in my Facebook group called Allergic to Small Talk. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Please raise your hand if you find dressing or styling yourself easy. If you do, lucky you. But if you're anything like me, finding clothes to wear that look great and feel great is a bit of a challenge. The challenge for me lies in the amount of time it takes to find the right outfit, getting discouraged when something doesn't look good on me, and also getting peeved because I haven't been able to fit into my pre-pregnancy clothes, yet I keep thinking I will wear them one day. If any of these challenges resonate with you, you're going to love my guest today. She is oh so special. She and I met through one of my high school friends named Truk. Well, actually, our friend now. Shout out to Truk if you're listening. Her name is Vanessa Dorazo. She has lived in Prague for the last six years. She's originally from Southern California. And back home, she worked in fashion for 10 years, running clothing stores and styling. She moved to Europe to take a break from her fast-paced life and fell in love, not just with the continent, but with her now husband, Lubo. After five years, Vanessa decided to revisit her passion for styling and fashion. She then opened a clothing boutique in Prague. Her store, Pacer, is a space for women to come and be introduced to a unique curation of sustainable, women-owned brands from California and other parts of the globe. It's also a place to receive styling advice, styling services, and the best customer service. When it comes to building your network, a question that often pops in our heads is, ah, what do I wear? On today's episode, Vanessa is going to share three tips when it comes to styling, which will help you dress your best for your next big Zoom or in-person meeting. After this episode, you won't have to wrestle with that pesky question, what do I wear? Without further ado, let's meet Vanessa. V, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I have given you an introduction at the start of the show, but I always like to have my guests tell us about themselves in their own words. And I especially want them to hear your story because you're not only in fashion, but you have just like a super cool life story in general from your travels from Cali to Prague, from fashion to teaching, and an employee to entrepreneur. And I know that's totally a lot, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I came here to Prague from California about six years ago. And I have to say, I expected all of this to kind of be temporary. I think, (laughs) you know, like I didn't foresee myself still being here. And really, it was just to kind of like take a break. I think 
like as you definitely I'm sure felt living in the US like things are just so fast paced and you really take a look at your life and realize oh my gosh I'm 10 years older I don't even have time to think about what I like what my hobbies are like what I want my life to be because you're constantly working. And even though I loved my job before, uh, I kind of felt this way where I was like, there has to be something else. There has to be some sort of better way to have like this life balance and also like what's a hobby, what's free time. And I, <laughs> I wanted to kind of like take a break. I had thought it would be for three months to – kind of explore all these different feelings and see what it would be like to just like not be stressed out all the time and working all the time. So my three month like break, I guess in Europe was to kind of like travel and see different parts of the world because I had never left North America before. So this like three months, I decided to move to Czech Republic to learn to teach English so I could also earn some sort of an income while I was on this three-month holiday. And suddenly after three months, I realized it wasn't long enough. And after six months, that wasn't long enough. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what were you doing in California before you left California and went to Prague? So before I moved here, I was working for free people. I was a store manager and I also did social media for our district. And it really was the dream company to work for. Like I really loved working for free people. It was such a great company. It's, you know, like, like, laid back kind of like free spirited girls and fashion I loved my customers I loved the girls that worked with me but I realized like all the things I loved like styling and like working with people it all became like a lot more fast-paced than I wanted it to be and I kind of like lost control of like what made me really passionate about styling and kind of like running my own business so I just needed a minute to kind of get things back on track I guess yeah. And like, just for my guests that are listening, like Vanessa's really downplaying where she worked. Like people hear free people and just think, oh, it's just like tiny little retail store, like whatever. No, Vanessa worked in one of the hottest malls in all of America. And the store she ran was probably one of the top grossing stores in all of America. So for those of you who don't know, and because a lot of my listeners are from England, can you just yeah. give a little background on South Coast Plaza and put it into context for people to understand the type of clientele that goes there, uh, the type of shops that exist? Because you, it was free people, but you were in such a hotbed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So South Coast Plaza, I think, is one of five billion dollar shopping centers in the U.S. And every high like high line fashion designer you can imagine is there. So like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, uh, Miu Miu, everything you would want on like a, an expensive fashion trip would be at South Coast Plaza. So it's kind of like a, a tourist spot, especially for people that are visiting from like out of the country, because it's kind of like a one-stop shop for everything. But it, it also is really cool in the sense that there was smaller designers. And if there was going to be some sort of brand that had like a pop-up, let's say somewhere on the West Coast, it was probably going to be in South Coast Plaza. Right. 
Awesome. Okay, good. So when, and it was when I first met you, I was really drawn to you for a couple of reasons. Well, one, you're just such a super fun, bubbly, positive person in general. But what I really, really loved about you was your tenacity for work. And when I think when people think about women who are in fashion, they don't really connect it so much with the business side. Mm -hmm. And for you, What's so awesome about you is you come from a family of entrepreneurs. Like your family has had entrepreneurial business in their blood for a long time. And so the reason why I say that is because you made me think about fashion so different because you were talking about all the numbers that you had to manage at the store. You were always analyzing what was going on from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And then you also, so it was like you're, you were an entrepreneur and managing that business as if it was your own. And so that was one thing that really stuck out for me and gave me a different viewpoint on fashion. And then secondly, (laughs) I remember you had said this story. You told your parents that you wanted to buy a car and you had to like find money to buy this car. And they thought the way for you to get the money to get the car was kind of crazy. Can you just share about what you did to get your car? Yes. Wait, is this like a from when I was younger, like yes, okay. I think no, it was like you you sold something, like you were you you were doing something. It was a story that like where you sold. I think I want to say you were selling dogs or something. Yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so that was my first business when I was twelve years old. I started. <laughs> um, I was breeding Great Danes. And <laughs> And I think I, I've always been like really independent. And since I grew up with a really strict family, my parents kind of had told me that I would never get a car. And like, if I wanted a car, all these like things that would allow me to have more freedom, I had to figure it out on my own. So I decided at 12 years old that I was going to start a business of breeding Great Danes. <laughs> so what happened? So what happened after you you like you you bred these great dates? Like what happened? So I think my parents were just like, oh, that's so cute. Like this is like we'll see where this goes, you know. And what's really tragic is that I still to this day love animals, but not as much as I did as a child. Like in terms of dogs, because I am deathly allergic to dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> So the fact that I thought it was a great idea to breed Great Danes is quite comical, but actually it worked. And I only, of course, like was able to be outside with them for a limited amount of time until I was like broken out in hives and having asthma attacks. But I still, I still did it. And I raised enough money to buy a car when I was 16 and it was just like small like little beater Kia Sportage but yeah like I went to an auction with my dad and I was like yeah this is the money I have so I'm I want to buy a car I love it isn't that funny how I that's like the ones one of the big stories that I remember from (laughs) from you back in the day so hilarious okay and then also, can you talk about the inspiration for the name Pacer? Because I really want people to get a full picture of like your background and your family, because I know your dad used to own a furniture store. Mm-hmm. And can you just talk about how your family has inspired a bit of Pacer now? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So my dad is a, like, of course, a huge inspiration to me and my brother. He came to the U.S. from Mexico when he was 18, and he didn't speak any English. He uh, 
came here like with his family or with his cousins and just literally all by himself and came here to work and to kind of like further himself and further his life. And he did furniture manufacture when he was back in Mexico and then continued to do it here while he uh, lived in California or here (laughs) in California. And yeah, after a few years, he decided he wanted to open his own company and he owned a furniture manufacturer for 35 years. And at the time that his company was the biggest in LA, he had over a hundred employees and he was shipping internationally. So, uh, you know, many stores throughout the US, but he also sold to Germany, Belgium. And I, I, it unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, but House of Blues, he did all the furniture for House of Blues and sold for places like Z Gallery, Pottery Barn, those kind of places. Such a cool story. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay, cool. I just really love the fact that you just shared your whole background because I really want my audience to get a feel for the breadth and depth of your background and kind of the inspiration for where you're at now. So thank you so much for sharing. Of course. (laughs) Okay. So as we were prepping for the show, I kind of let you know that my audience kind of struggles with that question, like, what do I wear? And a lot of the struggles that my audience goes through is a mindset before they actually get into the networking world. Mm -hmm. And I like to say that my audience should develop a really strong foundation Mm -hmm. to network. And I think that dressing well makes you feel well. And I think that it adds to somebody's foundation to network. And so... That leads me into you and your first tip about how people can prepare themselves to look great and feel great, which is find the right styles and size for your body. So can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So I think this was like one of the like biggest like learning moments for me as I started doing styling was for me, like... I'm so passionate about styling and putting outfits together. And all of this has kind of come really easy and naturally to me. And I didn't realize that it's something that other people can struggle with, like putting things together. And when I realized that this was something that was easier for me to do, like it really made me happy to have somebody come to my store and, you know, they thought that because they looked a certain way, they would never be able to look great in clothes or, you know, they were more comfortable in leggings and sweatshirts all the time because like jeans weren't really for them because for whatever reason, like they thought they had a big butt or, you know, their thighs were too big or you know, <laughs> like whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's like those common like body issues that everybody kind of like goes through at some point. Yeah. yeah. And as someone who has never been like you know, like stick skinny, like it's things that I also was uncomfortable with. Like, of course, like many different things that I felt like, oh, I can never be able to wear something like this. But, you know, I think that in a lot of cases, it's not really true. And it's just really a matter of like trying things and figuring out like what you feel most confident in. So if you are like looking through magazines or going through Instagram and like, wow, like I really love what this girl is wearing, but I have a belly, so I can never wear something like this. But really, like, there's ways around it, and there's ways of, like, 
going somewhere, trying on things and finding what suits you best. So some of the things that I noticed in the beginning when I started to help style people is that they just refused to wear something because they were like, this is not for me. Like I don't look this way, so I can never wear this. And I think like one of my first customers, she had recently had a baby. She was unhappy with how much she weighed and what she looked like. And she was just like convinced that she was never going to be able to wear skinny jeans. And she was always in like really big, like baggy clothing that just like didn't like fit her body. And it just made her look much larger than what she really was. So we spent like about an hour together, like in the fitting room. And I brought her a bunch of stuff and I was like, look, like, I know you, you said that you can't wear skinny jeans, but just, I know we just met, just trust me. If you don't want to come out of the fitting room, you don't have to, but like put these on, try this top, here's some heels, try it. If you don't want to show me, then fine. We'll move on to something else, but just do it. And the next thing I remember was that she was like super quiet. Her name was Nella. And I was like, Nella, like, uh, are you there? Like what's going on? (laughs) And on the other side, I heard like crying. And she like opened the fitting room curtain and she was crying. And she told me like, I never thought that I could look in the mirror and be happy with what I saw. And this of course like made me cry. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) And from from this moment, I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Like, I love doing this. Like, Like, I just like loved to make people know that like they could feel confident in what they're wearing. Like they didn't have to look a certain way to feel confident. So I think that's like the biggest thing is like, you just have to like through trial and error, like go into store, try different things. Like, I mean, I know back in SoCal, like we had something like free people where you could go in, sales associates there, like could help you. Like you could show them what you were interested in. They can put something together for you. And you really don't have to spend like, all this time and energy yourself. It's like you can go somewhere and have that person there to help you and something that doesn't click for you. Doesn't mean that it's like anything wrong with you. It just clicks for some people. It doesn't click for you, but they can help you and kind of set you up to feel more confident in what you want to wear. And it's possible for everyone. You don't have to be a certain way to feel confident and feel like you can rock whatever your situation is and what you're wearing. Yeah. And I think that like oftentimes people when they're shopping for themselves, like they go, I think one of the problems is like they go without a plan or they expect it to be really quick. Do you think that it would be wise for somebody to plan ahead of time for like a solid hour to or like hour and a half to actually find something that works for them? I almost think of it as like, you know, sometimes it's trial and error with like your hairdresser. Sometimes it's like trial and error with getting your nails done Mm -hmm. or such services. Do you think that people should look at like styling and fashion in like the same way? Yeah, I definitely think so because I, and especially too, like, I think there's a lot of things that people don't put it together as the whole package. So if I'm looking for jeans, like I know that I also need to bring like, let, let's say I want to get like a new pair of like wide leg pants or, or wide leg jeans. Like I need to have the shoes that I would wear with this type of pant and the top that I would wear. And I know that I feel most confident when I have some sort of makeup on. So I'm not going to go shopping, for example, with like 
uh, clean face because if I put pants on, I'm not going to be focused on the pants. I'm going to be like, oh, I look so tired today. I wish I had some lipstick on because I <laughs> feel like I I look like I rolled out of bed. So it's really, yeah, like you, like you said, like you have to commit to this time and kind of like the whole package. So that way you aren't disappointed in what you expect the outcome to be. Super cool. Awesome. I love it. I absolutely love number one. Okay. Insight number two is organize your wardrobe. And girl, (laughs) my wardrobe is a hot mess. And I think a lot of people's wardrobes right now are like funky because Mm -hmm. of this whole (laughs) pandemic. So tell me about insight number two. Like how can this help people? Yes. So I can't tell you. I mean, coming from a family where my mom still has my homework from second grade, I am definitely the kind of person who just needs to get rid of things. (laughs) And, And this goes also with clothes. Like, I think it's very easy for people to gravitate towards what they feel comfortable in. And you might have this pair of skinny jeans that you bought one size smaller because you swore that you were going to fit into them. But in reality, like you're not going to wear them. And yeah, maybe you'll get to that whatever like goal weight or size that you want, but think of how much time that'll take or how much disappointment you're putting on yourself. Every time you open your closet and you look at that and you're like, Oh, like I'm still not there. And then you're just like, let me grab some leggings and put a sweater on. So I think it's, (laughs) yeah, it's like most practical to just prepare your wardrobe or your closet in a way that every time you open it, you're going to be happy with what you see. And as people love variety with just a few small pieces, you can really create outfits for like an entire month. So you can have like a few pair of jeans, a few different tops, like third piece layering, like a jacket or a bigger shirt. And from this, you can create so many outfits. And if it's things that you like, that you wear often, you can see that this can last you a lot longer than having a closet full of things that you're like, okay, so one day when I need to wear a pair of red velvet pants, I have them in my closet. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of just like paring down. I would say it's kind of like what's realistic? Like yeah. let's be real with yourself and like for me, let's like let's use me for an example. I was a size 26 before Oliver was born. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to get back there. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get back there. That's okay. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. I am guilty of living in my stretchy pants, yeah. but but like it's like girl clear that space in your closet. Like I'm not ever going to wear those jeans again. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I or think that's totally like. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with like, ha- like, of course you should have a goal. And if you want to like get back to a certain weight, like, yeah, do it. But maybe you put those in another place. Like maybe you have a basement, you have a box, you can put them there. If this isn't something you're going to reach for every day, like definitely keep it, but don't be afraid to just like, be realistic, like you said, and have in your closet, like the things that you're going to wear today, tomorrow, next week, and like keep those jeans, like, you know, as like motivation to like one day you'll get there, but have them be somewhere where you're not opening your closet every day and being faced with like a letdown, you know, first thing in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) True. So true. 
Uh, can you explain also just as we're focusing on our wardrobes in the closet, yeah. like, can you explain the 2080 rule? Yes. So basically it's that you wear 20% of your closet, 80% of the time. So where you may have a wardrobe that's like overflowing with dresses and jackets and shirts and everything you can imagine, you really are just grabbing the first few things and that is what you're wearing on repeat all month. Okay, excellent. So what about when like the seasons changed, right? Like when we were in Cali, we didn't really have to worry about the seasons. Like the heaviest jacket we probably had to wear was like, I don't know, something that was like half an inch thick, maybe. But like now, right? Like we have full on seasons, like straight up seasons in England and Prague. So how do you coach somebody on rotating their closet for each season? How does that work? Yeah. So I think I'm getting savvier and savvier at this of coming from Southern California to where the coldest temperature was like maybe 40s, like Fahrenheit to now, like now it's, there's snow outside. I can't feel my face. I'm like, my eyelashes are frozen. So something so different. And finally, after, you know, like almost six years of living here, I think I'm starting to get it down because I don't feel hypothermic every time I leave the flat. So something is getting better. (laughs) But I think it can be really simple. I think depending on where you live and how often of the year it's freezing temperatures or where you need to have like extra layers, you can still have a pretty compact closet. I find for myself that a lot of the warmth that I need is like layering underneath. So in like the real depths of winter, like I'm wearing leggings under my jeans. If I need to be outside for an extended period of time, I don't really even care the shoe situation. I'm always in like some sort of like snow boot something because I know that I'm going to freeze if my feet are warm. <laughs> and yeah, like I think also like making sure you have like a really good like outer layer in terms of like a jacket. So that way you don't have to layer that much. If you have like a good quality, like heavy jacket, you can really leave the house in like a sweater, a thermal underneath and be good. So I think that was like my biggest learning experience was like, I need to invest in a quality winter jacket. (laughs) Same girl. When I was in New York, I was like, okay, I don't own any jacket. And then winter hit and I was like, what the heck? It was bonkers. So yeah, 100%. Like definitely living over here, it's like you have to have like a really, really good jacket. How do you like swap out like your big chunky sweaters and stuff like when it comes to like summer? Like do you put that somewhere else or like how does that work? Yeah. So we're really lucky in our apartment building. We I don't know if it's lucky or unlucky because my closet is really small. So I definitely am swapping quite often but uh once spring hits like my winter jacket like the super chunky sweaters that I won't wear spring summer I'm able to pack them in a box and I put this one box below and all of that like winter stuff stays there and then some of this things that I could only wear in summer so like sandals or a skirt or something like this like or like some sheer top like I would bring that up so but still like everything that fit in my closet before still fits as I swap things. So there's never this point where it's like overflowing anymore. 
Excellent. Okay, cool. Fabulous, fabulous. Okay. So insight number three, I really love this. And I think it took me a long time to learn, like, I guess, implement this tip, I suppose. Uh, And it's buy quality pieces over quantity. Yes. Yeah. So I think this- Can you dive into it for us? Of course. And I think this is like a big thing for me. Also like still like constantly learning experience because someone who comes from like a fashion background, like you like live and die by trends and like what's big for the next season and like how you can have the coolest, newest thing. So people are like, wow, like what are you wearing? Like I want to wear that. So this is is like a love-hate relationship for me because I want to wear like new things and feel confident in what I'm wearing. And a big part of that is by having something new. But then on the other side of things, like I realized that the things that I have a relationship and love are things that I've had for like 10 years that I maybe spent more money on, but the quality has like really like stood the the test of time, I would say. And thinking back, like when I was like, beginning of university or or even like end of high school where I was like, okay, would I rather have like one pair of jeans or an outfit for the same price? Like, of course I was going to pick this outfit, but then not really thinking that that outfit from forever 21, let's say was going to last me like, I don't know, like maybe one month and then I would have to throw it away. So I think now, like as a society, we're kind of becoming more responsible for our actions. And really this is playing into like so many different parts of our lives. And I think understanding more about like slow fashion and how that really is like not only helping you in the terms of money, but also the environment by being like more responsible with your purchases. It's really something that can be a lot easier for people than what it it seems like, I guess. Yeah, excellent. I really love the fact that you touched on slow fashion as well, because I think a lot of people at the moment are over inundated with fast fashion and ultra fast fashion, right? Before I moved to England, my last job happened to be in fast fashion. I love that old brand. I think they're awesome. But just so people in my audience that may not know what fast fashion or ultra fast fashion means, it basically means there are like 52 micro seasons a year, meaning that there is constant flipping of merchandise Mm -hmm. on, let's say, H&M's floor, Zara's Mm -hmm. floor. Mm -hmm. Um, What's another like big fast fashion brand? Um, Express, the limited. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. And so... It's so easy to buy into the, oh, like you said, the trend, like what's next? Oh, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And it's like you feel like you're having to like keep up when really if you just have some quality pieces that you can style over and over again, it won't seem like it's so daunting. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think like the more research I did about this and I continue to do, like the more it really makes sense, like, you know kind of like educating myself on on different uh, products and materials and understanding, you know, things that are from Lysol or elastic or elastane, like all of these things, like it's essentially plastic. So when you decide that you've had enough of it or you have a hole in your leggings or something and you toss them out, like that's not something that's 
going to decompose into the earth. Like that's something that's going to outlive you, outlive your children, outlive your grandparents. It's going to be there for thousands of years. And that's just like you and one pair of leggings. So if you imagine like how much each person buys like every year and how many pieces you end up throwing out. It's just so much waste that is created by fast fashion. And it's something that can, for just, you know, a few dollars more kind of be sidestepped. You can still have like, you know, the leggings that you live in, they can still be stretchy and comfortable and in cool colors. But if you spend, let's say 20 bucks more on them, you are buying something that is going to last you for longer. And when you finally decide to, I don't know, throw them out or donate them or something, it'll go to someone else because it's something that is good quality. It's going to last longer. And when they finally have met the end of their life, if you've picked something that has like sustainable fabrics, like maybe this is something that's going to decompose and not be stuck in landfills for generations to come. Totally. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. So I loved all three insights. I thought they were really, really great. And I think my audience is definitely going to benefit from these insights 100%. But what if somebody is still like, but Rochelle, Vanessa, I don't want to do it. What service do you specifically provide where you can actually help people with option one and two, which is, you know, spending the time styling or paring down their wardrobe? So how can you help with that? Yeah. So actually, I wanted to offer something to your listeners. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. So since we are still in COVID lockdown here in Czech Republic, as I know you guys are in the UK. Um, it's kind of been a bummer that I haven't been able to connect with my customers in the store and provide these styling services for them like in real time. So we are currently working on um, sort of like Google Meet, FaceTime sort of styling session. So I can connect with people and give them some tips and help them kind of limit or change things in their wardrobe to make them feel more confident in what they wear every day. So I wanted to offer to your listeners, uh, first five people that sign up, uh, a free 30 minute styling session with me where I can help you put together either some things in your wardrobe, maybe from your Christmas present you received this year. It's just like fabulous pair of pants that you've only worn once, not just because you've been (laughs) at home, but because you have no idea how else to wear them. And I will help you. I'll take a look at what you have in your closet and create some different outfits for you. So I really want to give people confidence and uh, kind of feeling that they can be in charge of their closet by putting some things together for them that maybe they wouldn't have thought of. Y'all, you have to take Vanessa up on this offer. This is so awesome. You'll be able to find all of Vanessa's contact information in the show notes for Allergic to Small Talk, and you'll be able to find them at letscutclass.com forward slash allergic to small talk, and you'll find uh, all of her contact details in the show notes. So Vanessa, as we're wrapping up, just give us a little bit of background on like Pacer and the ethos behind the brand. Yeah, of course. So Pacer, named after my dad's company, also his furniture manufacturer, Pacer. Uh, So what Pacer is in Prague is kind of wanting to combine like some of my favorite things. So of course, fashion, but also sustainable clothing and things that 
we can feel more responsible about buying. And I wanted to show people that sustainable fashion and slow fashion doesn't have to be the ugly thing that your super hippie neighbor wears every single day. It can still be <laughs> it can still be trendy. You can still feel like a million bucks. You can feel luxurious when you when you leave your house like this. And it's all about kind of being a responsible shopper, but still being a fashionista. It's possible. I'm here to tell you that you can do it. And that's really what Pacer is about. I've really been focusing on brands that are a little bit smaller, that are owned by women, that have like similar passion as me, and are trying to kind of like change the world in little steps, which is really all we need to do. Like, it doesn't have to be big, it can be something small. And from there, you never really know like where that will end. So that's really what Pacer is. It's a place where women can come. They can be styled. It's a nice shop in the community. You can know me. You you can know my husband. And it's just a place where you can come and feel good in your neighborhood. Fantastic. Thank you, V. So where can people find you? Where can they find out about Pacer, your uh, social handles or website? Let us know. Yeah. So Pacer, you can go and check the collections on Pacer at uh, shop pacer.com so it's a uh, shop pacer which is p-a-c-e-r.com and there I have also quite a few blog posts about the things we've talked about today so how to create a capsule wardrobe for example uh, how to shop more consciously so some things you can find in more detail and you can also follow us on instagram at pacer underscore cz Excellent, V. Thank you so much for doing this interview today. I really, really appreciate it. This has been this has been so much fun. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, like anything to do or anything to help you out. And like also thank you so much for having me. It's like really nice for you to think of me and it makes me feel so special. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, cool, V. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I loved everything about this conversation with Vanessa. She is such a powerhouse. From moving to Prague from Cali, from fashion to teaching English, to finding her footing as an entrepreneur in the fashion space with Pacer, she is a true inspiration and your go-to gal for all things styling. To recap, Vanessa offered three insights when it comes to styling and fashion. Find the right styles and size for your body. Spend a little time in this area and keep trying. Ask for help if styling isn't your forte. Number two, organize your wardrobe. Vanessa said we wear 20% of our wardrobe 80% of the time. So be realistic about what's in your closet and create a system to swap out clothes per each season. And number three, buy quality pieces over quantity. Don't follow the trends of fast fashion and buy quality pieces that will last you over time. If you still find styling yourself a challenge, reach out to Vanessa and she can style you over a virtual session. So I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Which insight did you like best? And did it give you a different perspective on styling yourself? Jump on Instagram, jump on Facebook, and tell me which one you like best. You can find me on Insta at Let's Cut Class or my free Facebook group called Allergic to Small Talk. And you can catch the show notes with all of Vanessa's contact details at letscutclass.com forward slash allergic to small talk. 
All right, y'all. I'll be looking to hear from you online and I'll see you same time, same place next week. See ya.